Hey, you're listening to Commander Kuko Podcast, episode 150. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today, we're going to kick off a new arc by talking about a deck that has morphed into very many forms. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We've got lots going on on the show today. We're going to kick off our new arc, the arc of EDH&M. We're going to talk about a super rad deck that we found in the wild at said EDH&M. We've got a new giveaway to set up, a couple of people to thank and welcome aboard the CCO Nation bus. But before we do any of that, we got to talk about our generous sponsor and thank them, face2facegames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Very much so. You're very into it today. You are on point, as the kids would say. I'm doing my... I feel like last week we were, we were sick. We were down in the dumpster, and we're going to bring it up this week. Yeah, I think that that's a good idea. I still sound sick because the weather is still crappy, but we are here, and we are ready. Now, the intro, you next leveled me the next level and then next leveled me again oh, oh yeah there's there's so many layers to that that gag i like it it's like an onion or a parfait a gag onions just don't, don't google, google that. any of that <laughs> okay so what did you mean we're going to talk about a deck that morphed into another deck and we said on the pre-show yesterday on youtube the, the budget of the deck is $666, which may lead people to think that it might be like a demon deck. But it's not. It's the opposite. It's the it. exact it's opposite. The opposite. It's an angel deck. Whoa. Whoa. Fear, fear, fear. And it's a morph deck, though? No. It's, it's commander is Morphon the Boundless. So it's a five-color angel deck? Yes. But no. But no, it's not. <laughs> Morphon Mono White Angels. No, that's 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 just the name. That's just the name of the deck. That's just the name of the deck. There may or may not be angels that are... Several colors. Yes. In yes. addition to being white. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Arc of EDH&M, that means a whole bunch of stuff. But before that... Read the commandy, then we'll talk about everything else. Okay, Morphone the Boundless is a 6-6 shapeshifter for 7. Changeling, which means he's every creature type. When he comes into play, you choose a creature type, and spells you play of the chosen type cost Wooburg less, and it affects only uh, colored pips in your match. So if you have something that costs Wooburg, it costs 0 instead. And if that wasn't enough, it also gives creatures of the chosen type plus 1, plus 1. So in this deck, you would choose Angels. Yes. And all your angels cost less and get buffed. Yes. And if you have Morphone out, unless I missed a card, that would actually technically make the deck mono white. Because you only have to pay white to play any of the other cards. It's pretty good. Sure. It's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, actually, because yeah, none, none of the cards have more than one colored pip in them, unless the colored pip is a white pip. And I think there's only one... I think there's only one land that actually makes not white mana. Oh, that's so excellent. Like this our man here put in the effort and the time to make sure that this was a, this is a cool deck. This is a cool deck. It's very spicy when we get to the spice calculator. But before we get to that, we've got some business. I want to start off with EDH&M. EDH&M. Tell everybody at home in CCO Nation what EDH&M is. EDH&M is our version of Friday Night Magic, or FNM, as I think they still call it. Yeah, it is still called FNM, and we call it EDH-N-M. Because that's what we do on that night of magic, is we play EDH, and we always dominate the drafters that are there. So what happened? The, the, the short version of the story is we went to our local game store, Collector's Lane, helmed by Aaron, took very good care of us and he said hey i was thinking about having an event do you think people would come we said well we're gonna be there like we'll show up we'll bring some people along at least we'll have enough for one pod and i think there was eight people at the first there was four then i showed up to make five and then one guy screwed off so there's four again <laughs> there we go so there was five of us at the first night and it was whatever and then after that we started kind of pushing it and advertising it on the facebook and we got more people to come and now it's Massive. We're going to cover all of that in a few minutes, but first we've got a little bit of actual business to do. Some new patrons. Excellent. Yes, if you are in a position to help the show grow, you can head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. First returning. Ooh. Ethan Jacobs. That's E-Jack. E-Jack. That's a, that's a good nickname. That's like 
Half of Don't Google That. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. It's good to have you. Welcome back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very much. Next, Increased Pledge. You can do that too, and that'll get you a nickname if you're bumping up to the nickname category. Matthew Hopkins. Matthew Hopkins. You were you were noodling on this it, one a little bit. It sounds kind of like Matthew Hooper. Sort of. It's <laughs> so like Matt Hooper is the oceanographical guy from Jaws, who everybody thinks Jaws eats, but then he comes back at the end. Like you're talking about Jaws 1 from like 1976 or whenever. Yeah, or my, my favorite movie of all time. Is it actually? It actually is. No way. I love Jaws. It was the, the movie that kicked off the summer blockbuster trend. Like all of these like big Terminator and all these other like big budget popcorn movies that came out and their unnecessary and increasingly lower quality sequels all started with Jaws. <laughs> Everybody knows Jaws 4 was terrible. And I Jaws didn't even know that there was Jaws 4. <laughs> I didn't even know that. And the, the Jaws video game, everybody's like, oh, it's nothing like Jaws. That's because it's based on Jaws 4, the revenge, and that's why the game is terrible. And why you have to stab the shark with the boat at the end. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I never knew any of that. Learning with CCO Podcast. But remember... We're not cinema cookout podcast. <laughs> yeah, very much, and we're still not that. I think we were that before, but we're not that. Not anymore. anymore. <clears throat> Last shout out, Hunter Bjork, and I'm gonna try and do like the Bjork last name. Okay. Pseudo celebrity Hunter Bjork. All right. I think maybe he did a Super Bowl show once. I or the Olympics. Maybe like an opening ceremony. No, what the closing ceremony? Less people watch the closing ceremony, right? I'd, I think statistically. No, probably. Sure. Hunter Bjork Grumundensdottir. Icelandic. Nailed it. Got there. Nailed it. I'm good at names. <laughs> I just pronounce the letters that I see. So big shout out to all new patrons. We very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being here. New ARC, new patron sign up. Yes. Christmas altars. Now we're starting them early. Everybody's, ooh, Christmas in November. Balls that. They make good gifts. And they're fun. Yeah, you can give them as gifts. That's a real thing. And you know what? Later on in the notes, I actually have balls that written somewhere <laughs> regarding a different um, conversation topic. Excellent. <laughs> new arc, new deck giveaway. Yes, we had, uh, I think everybody really appreciated when we gave away the shoe lane deck in our last arc. So our good friend Ginger Joe has uh, managed to scour up another brawl deck for us. It's the fairy one. I can't remember her name. Um, Alila, Alayla, Artful Provocateur. It's the fairy brawl deck. We're giving it away. Same kind of drill as last time. Interact with our giveaway posts on social media and we'll get you entered in to win that deck. Yeah, and shout out to Ginger Joe again. He's at Ginger Joe on Twitter, all one word, but the O in Joe is a zero because he's a zero. Exactly. Yes. But yeah, check that out. Uh, we also have our, as per usual, the $25 credit from face-to-facegames.com. If you tag us and them in a Twitter or Facebook post, we'll take a look at it, and you'll be entered in to win that. Yes. You can also comment right on face-to-facegames.com underneath any of our episodes there. Yes. Little bit of business on the deck giveaway from last arc michael hill we're still waiting for you to contact us if you don't contact us by our next recording session somebody else is getting it we're gonna draw another name out of the hat we still have names in the hat i need the hat back so get at us final bit of business Ooh. as of this recording play mats are available on cco store that's yeah. commandercookout.com slash store and so for lots of people have been asking us about them how they can acquire one come by check it out pick one up we can sign it for you or not. Just if you want one, they are available to you right now. And when you check out, make sure you put in the comments that you'd like us to sign it. or Otherwise, we won't. Yes. The the little baggies that they come in are very difficult to get the playmat out and put them <laughs> yeah, back God in. damn it. How do they get those in there? And we're willing to do it, but you have to take the time to ask us. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> we're super happy that we can offer those. And huge thank you to Face to Face Games that helped us out with those. We went through their system to get those, and it really helps us out. And their logo is on it, so everybody knows that we are brought to you by Face to Face Games. Dot com. That's it. That is that. So that's the... 
the business part of the show, I think. That's straight business. <laughs> uh, you know what? When Rick was uh, going into labor and I was leaving work up north, I'm talking to a dude. He's a dad, too. And he's like, congrats and the handshakes. And you know all the jazz, right? Yeah. And he walks all the way down the hallway in his big construction boots. And I hear him walking all the way back. Do, 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 do. He sticks his head back in his office. And he gives me like that one, that one kind of the hand point, you know, where he points with all his fingers. He says... Stay away from the business end. <laughs> and then he left is the last time I ever seen him. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are great last words, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're going to go out on something, go out on something like that. Because that's d awesome. Go out on the business end. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't go out on the business end. That's the point, man. <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you stayed away from the business end? Uh, it, have you been shotgun shit on yet? Uh, you have. S sort of. He was referring to the business end of the baby, but also the business end of... Um, a, like labor. Oh, I know what he meant. Okay, <laughs> yeah, double meant. meaning, kind of like your intro. Yeah, that's why I said. <laughs> that's why I said shotgun shit on Ryan. Like, I know. I know how babies work. I oh, yeah, don't have one. A... I've seen them on TV. So you were talking about the EDH and M story. Yes. We went to Aaron. We said we thought it'd be a good idea. He says, "Okay, yeah, cool." We had our first EDH night. There was five, four or five people. Then what happened? Well, then we went to, I went to Facebook and you did too. Yeah. And we started kind of advertising it a little bit more. We started like, hey, like, come play with us. It's fun. We should mention here that for communication purposes, we're going to lean on that a lot, this arc. Communication purposes, we have a Magic the Gathering group that is specific to our local community. The people that play Magic in our city. There might be people from outside of the city, too. There's, there definitely is. There's lots of people in the group. And we just started saying, hey, guys, like if you want to play Commander, you come on down. We don't. It doesn't charge anything. It's free. Just come down. We always have fun. There's no cutthroat crap. There's nothing going on. There's nothing on the line except for a good time, so come play. Yeah, lesson one, I think, is just put it out there. Because people want to play, and they want to play in a setting that isn't like going to play at somebody's house they don't know or having to find a new play group, right? They want to just go to an LGS and just play Magic because that's what you do there. Yeah, like we've talked lots on the show about how like we have a play group that's very established and it can be intimidating to go into an established play group with an established power level where it's hard because like what do you what do you bring like do you come in and just be that scumbag that has well yeah and if you do come in you you take the step of coming in like you get invited or whatever and you come in and then you do the wrong thing you just get ranched on because you're like oh i'm just gonna play whatever and then everybody just stomps you into the dirt yeah like you're gonna play urza oh, oh, stupid or, mason or the opposite is you come in and you play urza I meant you come in and you play Lord of Tressorhorn and you're like, oh, this isn't fun because all these guys play CEDH. Yeah. Or you come in and you have like a really competitive, highly tuned deck and you ranch everybody and they never invite you back and people are scared that that's going to happen. Yeah. Whereas that has, like here, I mean, we have people that play at the high end and we're going to talk about some of those decks later in the arc. We have people that play like, I don't want to say at the low end, but they play much more casually. We're going to talk about some of those too. Um, so we have a we have a great gradient of competitiveness levels in the decks, and everybody knows that, and everybody kind of knows who plays what, and they show up and they play, and it's a great time. And and it's been growing and growing over every week that we've we've done it. Yeah, almost every single week, and we have to again. I'm just going to reiterate throughout the arc, we have to be communicators in this whole endeavor from the very start of. Let's get together and play Commander, whether that be us talking face-to-face -face or on message boards, Facebook, Twitter, however you communicate. Like, I don't know, maybe your LGS has like a forum from 1998. Do those like, still exist? I don't know. <laughs> MTG Salvation still exists. Does it? Yeah, yeah technically. I didn't, I didn't even know that. So communication is the key. And we're going to see some more examples of what we think are other key points to a successful local gaming environment in this deck. It's one of the reasons that we wanted to use this deck to kind of kick the arc off. Yes, I believe uh, the deck was sent into us by our man Aaron. That's right. That's not the guy that runs the store. Different Aaron. Yes, more than two people could have the same name. Yes, there's two Aarons, two Ryans, or three Ryans. There's at least... A Brando and a Brandon. Yeah. Like, there's... It's very confusing. No creativity in Saskatoon. <laughs> and I believe Aaron was at the very first night. Yep. He showed up and he had 
Angel Tribal. And then the next week he showed up, he had Angel Tribal, but it was different. He had added a color. He added, let's just say blue. And then the next week he came back and he still had Angel Tribal, but it was white and green. And he just, every week he brought in like the same deck, but it was different. It was a different color because he has one of every angel ever printed. I think that we've told the story. I know we've for sure told the collecting every angel story. And I think we've talked about Angel Tribal on the cast before i know i know we've talked about your girlfriend's angel deck like years ago on on this is not your girlfriend's angel Angel deck (laughs) this deck costs six 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 and is five color but it's a cool deck and he just kept bringing it and like sometimes it was good sometimes it wasn't so good but it was always of about the same power level and it was always fun to play against he never got blown out to my recollection at least any games i played with him he never got totally blown out oh yeah i've lost to this deck when it was like two colors or three colors yeah it's a good deck so that's fun so before we get into the deck proper though i thought it was interesting how aaron has the deck broken down link will be in the show notes on wherever you get the wherever you get the show youtube or otherwise the link will be there and he's got it broken down into like creatures that buff and then creatures that give you life creatures that give you like disruption creatures right and then artifacts that give you mana artifacts that are utility and i think that's a good way to highlight how the card might give you an advantage that isn't just make extra mana draw cards instant speed versions of sorceries right Mm -hmm. and that's conducive to teaching new players the value of certain types of effects in Commander. It also helps out dunces like us, because when we look at the list and we say, why the hell is he playing this card? We can't say that because it's in a little category that explains to us why he's playing the card. (laughs) That's right, that's right. And both of those things that we just said are kind of the second point that I want to highlight. When we asked all of the people in our local LGS group, and when we theorized it ourselves, we really thought that the EDH&M experience to us was about bringing new players in and how how many months have we been at this now uh boy uh four or five maybe how do you think has it been that long i think it's been about let's say four sure yeah sure it was like before modern horizons came out right yeah so it was at least back in the summer and i'm still talking to players every week who say oh i usually only ever play standard i talked to a guy last night he was asking me the difference between what I was playing, like the Pramicon Persistent Partitioner's Tribal Jank Garbage <laughs> stack of like used napkins. And he said, what specifically makes a deck, a CEDH deck, competitive commander deck? Because he knew just from the commander community that there was a stigma. And he said he would like to try that because he likes competitive games, but he also doesn't want to be that guy. And the way that this deck is broken down can explain that to players. Yeah, like if you break it down this way and you want to look at a CDH deck, your your, your artifacts that give you mana are going to be significantly higher. <laughs> yes. And your mana curve is going to be significantly lower. Very much and so. And you're going to have a little section that probably says combo pieces on it, and there's going to be two or three things in it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the the, the disruption category yeah. is and then you'll have, have like twenty cards, yeah, in and it. then counter spells and interaction are going to be huge as well. Now, the only thing, the only other thing I want to touch on before we kind of get to the deck is the 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 word competitive or the phrase CEDH. Just a reminder: we're not against CEDH because I know I'm personally going to get attacked online for that, which is fine. Come at me, bro. Don't care. What I sometimes like to think about a competitive game as is we communicate, we all play decks and are of the same experience and skill level that we are all equally matched. If we're all playing Pramicon Petitioners dot tribal deck, if we're all playing something equally jank, it's going to be a competitive game because nobody's going to be outmatched. Because nobody's going to win on, nobody's going to flash Hulk you on turn two. Exactly. If we are playing Urza, Flash Hulk, Animar, and name your other, Thrasios and Timna, whatever, if we're all doing that, that's competitive. If we're all playing Pramicon Tribal, that can also be competitive because our decks are equally matched. The difference is, is the power level of any individual card is lower. 
Yeah. So when I say competitive, I'm I'm referring to the level of wanting to win, I guess, versus the level of card power. It's not CEDH or CDH players that we take umbrage with. It's the people that go in and try and snake games from you because all they want to do is win and they want to make it easier for them to win. Yes. Like, no, I'm not it's fine. I just built it in the car on the way over here. Just oh, don't worry about it. Man, and, I I sense lots of I built it in the car on the way over here memes this arc. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that was a thing that happened. Yeah, I can't believe that that guy got same guy got his uh Gitrog non cyclonic rift overloaded and then I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's no, talk yeah, about a let, deck. Let's talk about this deck. Now, we can't really do it the way we normally do it and just, like, go creatures alphabetically because they've been helpfully broken up by our man Aaron, so we're going to just go in the order that he has them set up. The very first section is not a creature. It is a Planeswalker. It is Sarah the Benevolent. I think you got to have Sarah in an Angel deck, right? You just have to. For flavor, you got to have her there. Planeswalker, Sarah, four loyalty for four mana, white, white, two, Plus two, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and get flying until end of turn. So that's like an angel ability. Creatures with flying get plus one, plus one. If you have some pleb on the ground, he ain't getting shit. Oh, yeah. Not an angel? Don't care about you. Yeah, not an angel. Thanks, not Sarah. an issue. Yeah. That's segregation. That is segregation. What else does she do, Ryan? Minus three. Create a 4-4 four, four Sarah Angel. That's a 4-4 four, four Flyer Vigilance. Oh. Mm, baby. Minus six. You get an emblem with, if a creature, if you take damage, you... Whatever. <laughs> it <doesn't matter. laughs> it's worship for anybody who, who knows. If you control a creature and you would die from being damaged to death, your life just stays at one. Yeah. That's that's what that is. <clears throat> Moving on, we have the creature buff section. So these are creatures that will buff your other creatures. They're going to buff the stuff. Nice. We have first an angelic skirmisher. You At combat, you choose an ability and all your creatures gain that ability. First strike vigilance lifelink. Sure. And then they get them. So that can do all kinds of cool stuff. Next up, we have Archangel of Thune. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one counter on each creature you control. Oh, oh baby. That... Archangel of Thune is a beating. And she got lifelink. Yeah, so she's, she enables herself. That's Look at so she's good. got that sword cocked back, and it's just like on fire. She's just going to clobber somebody with it. <laughs> she's not She's not even going to hit him with the blade. She's going to like turn it flat like she's squashing a piece of like garlic or yeah, something. Like she's a two-by-four. Yeah, she's just going to club somebody with that. And the last creature in this section is Lyra Dawnbringer. Other angels you control get plus one and lifelink. She's got flying, first strike, and lifelink. And she's a 5-5 five, five for five. Yeah, that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> <laughs> so Flying first strikers with lifelink that, uh, yeah, all five of, fives. Yeah, all of those creatures are going to make your other creatures better. So when, if I was, like, explaining this deck to a new player, I'd be like, these are the cards that you want to, like, maybe hold until they're the last one in your hand when you're going to alpha, alpha strike. And then you play them and you just go ham. I also want to point out that all of these creatures have a suite of abilities, but since none of them are six sixes, none of them have death touch. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's very and, important. And none of them are demons. I don't think angels death touch. They, they could. They just beat you outright with their their clubbing swords. You, because they're, you mean because their power is so high they don't need death touch? <laughs> Walked right into that one, Ryan. Yeah, that's it. All right, now we have creatures that... This is the extra life category. And when he says extra life, he doesn't mean getting more life. He means if you're going to die, these creatures will stop you from dying. Oh, yeah. The first one is Angel of Grace. Oh, hold on a sec. Shout out to Extra Life Saskatchewan. We've got an event for them November 16th. We're going to go there. Oh, yeah. If you're local to Saskatoon or area, you should come there. $10 entry. You can play from 9 a.m. on Saturday to 9 a.m. on Sunday. Now, there's drafts. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Ryan and I are going to be there between 2 and 6 for dedicated commander time. It's also next door to one of the places in town where you can oh, get some of the best yeah. wings on earth. You know what we'll do? You know what we should do? We should go for lunch. We should go to the hose for lunch and then just hop right over to the Extra Life right next door after. Dig it. Have a couple beer, get some chicken wings, go and play some commandy all day, go have some supper, whatever, I like right? I like that lots. Everybody come on down in support of a great cause. You can play some games with us. We'll have a couple of beers. It's going to be a great time. So just if you have if you're looking for something to do next Saturday, come on down. You can be an Extra Life angel in our deck today. Oh! oh how romantic. Oh, that's so sappy. I just 
stuck my eyelids together. Okay, don't Google that. Next <laughs> creature. Do not Google that. Oh, we didn't talk about Angel of Grace. You know what? Let's can we lump these extra life angels? One of them puts you to ten life if uh, if you exile it from your graveyard, right? Yep. So if you are less than ten, you go to ten. Imperial Archangel. She also has flash, and she gives you uh, the Sarah Angel till end of turn. The Sarah Emblem till end of turn. Imperial Archangel is a Bant Angel, but remember, if you have Morphone out, it just costs white and four, and if damage would be dealt to you, it's dealt to Imperial Archangel instead. And she's a 5-8, so she can take a beating. Yeah. Exquisite Archangel. If you would lose the game, you can exile it, and you go to your starting life total. <sighs> yeah, and, and here's the other thing, too. If you've got things that trigger on life gain, if you're going to lose the game and then you go to your starting life total, you are probably gaining, like, 40 life. Yes. Just by the by. <laughs> All right, here's some actual life gain creatures. We have Angel of Vitality. That gains you life? Plus if, one. If you would gain life, you gain that much life plus one instead. And <laughs> she gets bigger if you have more than tw- if you have more than twenty five life. Ooh, okay. So like she's just bigger. Yeah, she's just a she's a four four for three with flying that helps you gain extra life. Sure. How about Bishop of Wings? Not an angel. What? But whenever an angel enters the battlefield, gain four life. And whenever an angel dies, you get a 1-1 one, one spirit creature token. That also flies. Yes. So it'll get buffed off your other flying things. Correct. Okay. Resplendent angel. If you gain five or more life this turn, put a 4-4 four, four onto the battlefield, and until end of turn, resplendent angel gets plus two plus two and gains lifelink. You can pay six to make her big so that she enables her own ability. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. I guess you have to pay six for it, but it's still, it's not terrible. How about shattered angel? Landfall gain three life, right? From New Phyrexia. Whenever it's like Oppo Landfall, when I get a land, you get three life. Oh, yeah, okay. Oppo so Landfall. Yes, yeah, so if you're playing against my Omnath deck, it's going to be hard for me to, to beat you the way that I like to beat you. Yeah, because your your Landfall get an elemental to three me just is negated by your Landfall, I gain three life. Yes. Tech for R-E-D-H-N-M. That's probably <laughs> why that's in there. He's like, ooh, Brando's here. He's playing Omnath. Better better sideboard in my Shattered Angel. <laughs> He's playing Omnath in four different decks. That better... <laughs> <laughs> See our uh, video from the car number 20. Yes, we, we talk about that. Uh, next up, we have the angels that get in the way of what your opponents are doing in the disruption category. There's 12 creatures in here, starting with Admonition Angel. That exiles stuff on landfall. We have an Angel of Jubilation. Players can't pay life or sacrifice stuff. Ooh. Ooh. That second a bit there with they can't sacrifice shit, hey? It also gives you a buff to all your creatures that are not black. Uh, which is none of them. Exactly. Well, there's a couple of them, I think. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. But it's fine. How about Angelic Arbiter? Each opponent who casts a spell can't attack, and anybody who attacked can't cast spells. Ooh. Yeah, they were, were, this is like Angel Stacks coming along here. We have Avacyn, Angel of Hope. Oh, this is Big Daddy Angel. All your shit's indestructible. She's flying vigilance. 8-8 eight, eight for 8. Wow. Oh, baby. I like how she says she has indestructible and then other permanents you control have indestructible. She couldn't just say all permanents you control are indestructible. Why don't they do that? Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird wording on there because I think that some people look at that and say, oh, she's not indestructible. And you say, RTFC. And then somebody slaps you for saying RTFC. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a reason for it. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, if you know that, it. That, could be, that sounds like a good YouTube comment. Yes. Yes. Leave it down in the thing below while we talk about Deathless Angel. She just becomes, she, white, white target creature becomes indestructible. That's like white, white counter target removal spell. We have a Gisela the Broken Blade. Flying first strike lifelink. Why is she in the disruption category? Because you combine her with like the. With Brazella? With um, not, not G- Gisela, you Gisella. combine them and then they become Brazella, like the, the melded. Bruna, that's who you combine her with. But there is no Bruna in the deck, I don't think. Is there? Oh, no, there she is. She's, she's here too. Go, go to her right now. Bruna the Fading Light. Oh, she's the reanimation one. You get an angel back from your graveyard to the battlefield. She costs seven, and you combine them to, like, Bruna and Gisela, you combine them to make that huge 975 thing. Yeah, it's this fucking crazy Eldrazi thing. It's crazy. Guardian of the Gateless. So many of these cards, I have no idea what they do. That's awesome, right? Yeah. Guardian of the Gateless can block any number of Creech. I should go in my Primacon deck. 
That's not a petitioner. When it blocks, it gets plus one until end of turn for each creature it's blocking. Plus one, plus one. So it like gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you can start nuking their stupid Oh, yeah. Creatures. That it's is, like, I like that. It, for five mana, it's a 3-3 three, three flyer. That's a good one. Yeah, and it'll block goblins forever. All of them. Yes. And, and live. It's crazy. Uh, Lin Vala, Keeper of Silence. That shuts off activated abilities. Sephira Skies Blade. You can, that's got an alternate casting cost. It's fine, whatever, but it's flying lifelink. Other creatures you control with flying have indestructible. She's a 7-7 seven, seven for fucking one with her yeah. alternate casting cost. Like, she's really good. Uh, sh- chalet Voice of Plenty? Sh- we're going to call it Chalet now. <laughs> chalet. Chalet? <laughs> chalet? There you go. Flying you, Planeswalkers you control, and other creatures have hexproof. Ooh, and you can pay six to put a counter on each creature you control. But you can't do that in this deck because he doesn't play enough things that make green mana. Sure. <laughs> Sigarda, host of herons. Herons. It's a bird. Sigarda, host of harems. There you go. Don't Google that? No, nah, you can Google that. It's fine. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to sacrifice permanence, and it's flying hexproof 5-5. Five, five. Stoic Angel. I didn't even know people played this card. Players can't untap more than one creature during their untap step. And all your stuff has vigilance. This is a good card. And it costs fucking one. Yeah, I guess I guess people would play that card because it costs blue, white, green, minus blue, white, green if you have Morphone, and then one. What? For a four, four flying vig. Oh. All right, here we have the reanimator targets. We've already talked, or not targets, but creatures. We've already talked about Bruna. We have an Adderkar Valkyrie. That reanimates, like all these reanimate. Yeah, you tap it to get a creature from your graveyard back. We have an Ameria Shepherd. Landfall, get a creature back if it's a plains, get it to the battlefield. Tariel Reckoner of Souls. We just did a Tariel deck a few weeks ago. We did? You get a random creature back from an opponent's graveyard. But it's an angel, it's a 4-7 with Vigilance, and it's got sick art. So, I mean, jam it because it costs four, essentially, right? Looks really cool. Twilight Shepherd. Ooh, yeah, Shadowmore Spesh. She's very cool. Flying Vigilance 5-5 five, five with Persist, and when it enters the battlefield, return to your hand all cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Not just creatures. Cards. 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 So you could, like, fetch land, sacrifice your commander sphere, and maybe... Play a Wrath of God. You could do all those things, and then yeah. Twilight Shepherd would die. It would persist back onto the battlefield with a minus one, minus one. You get all your stuff back. Get all your shit back. It's yeah. kind of like uh, Gerard, the new Gerard from C19, except it's an angel and beats harder. And has a cooler picture. Yeah. All right, next up, we have some utility creatures. We're going to read some of these utility creatures, and you're going to go, yeah, utility we're going to start with a Tracks of Creator's Voice. Whoa. <laughs> Wait a second. A 4-4 four, four with Death Touch? What? Never heard of her. Duh. Vig, Flying, Death Touch, Lifelink, Proliferate. Four mana, 4-4. Four, four. Or in this deck, free mana, 4-4. Four, four. This card would cost zero if it would... fucking Morphon was in play. That's so <laughs> sick. Hey, bro, I, I heard you like a Traxa. How do you like paying zero? <laughs> All right, we got the other Gisela, Blade of Gold Knight. Double damage from you, half damage towards you. Yeah, actually, it's double damage to all of your opponents, half damage to you. So if I was to attack you That's when Aaron right. was playing this, I would F you up more. And Yes. Oh, it's a, it's a good one. Herald of War. Ooh. Whenever it attacks, put a plus one, plus one on it. Angel spells and humans cost one less to cast for each plus one on it. So, I mean, technically speaking, if you had Morphone and this... 80% of the creatures in this are free. Just free creatures. Just, just play them for free. So everything is attraxified. Everything is animarized. Speaking of things that are free, when you have more phone, how about Maelstrom Archangel? Wooberg 5-5 five, five Flyer. When it deals combat damage to a player, you may cast a non-land card from your hand without paying its mana cost. Because we didn't have enough free shit already. <laughs> Right? How do you get around all these super high mana costs, Ryan and Brando? Oh, never mind. They're all free. Oh, man, I just want the exhibit meme right now. Hey, I heard you like free stuff, dog. So I gave you free stuff within your free stuff so you can have more free stuff. On top of your free stuff. We put a waterfall in your free stuff. X to the Z. (laughs) There's our utility stuff. We have a Brando special in the battleship category with Parhelion II. Or Parhelion II. Eight mana... Vehicle crew four, 
Flying First Strike Vige, when it attacks, you get two 4-4 four, four White Angel creature tokens with Vigilant, and they're attacking. Yes. So you get two Sarah Angels to help you beat in with your... How big does it turn? It'll When you swing, it's 13. Uh, yeah, because it's five and you get eight more. And they all have Vig, so next turn you can crew it again and you swing for like 21, then 29. Then everybody's dead. And it has Vig, you can crew it instant speed, right? Yep. So you could crew it two more times before it's your turn again, just with the angels that you have. Yeah, just to like use it as a blocker. Yeah. This, if, you, this, if you don't want to block with your four fours, use one of them to crew your five five. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great card, and it's got cool art on it too. I really like the picture. Yeah. All right. We got some buffing artifact in a Chroma's Memorial. It turns all your creatures into a Chroma Angel of Wrath. We have Door of Destinies that makes your dudes bigger as you play angels. We have a Vanquisher's Banner that draws you cards and makes your angels bigger. We have some equipment in Heirloom Blade, which when one of your angels dies, it will find another angel in your library to put into your hand to replace it. We have a Sword of Killing Artifacts and Planeswalkers. We have a Sword of Getting You Land. We have a Sword of Proliferate and Put Plus One Plus One Counters on Stuff. <gasps> we have Artifact Mana. We have Dorks in Cage Sun, Cryptic Gateway. Fist of Suns, Herald's Horn, Sol Ring, Urza's Incubator, all those things that make your stuff cost less or tap for mana. Just remember, Fist of Suns makes all your stuff cost Wooburg, so with Morphone, it makes it all free. Just by the by. Just because, you know, cheating mana costs. That's what White likes to do. Very much so. <laughs> Breaking the rules. I appreciate that. Uh, we have some Save Your Life things. Dude, where's our, where's our Cloudstone Curio so we can just repeatedly bounce our angels? I don't know. That'd make it a combo deck. Yeah, you're right. Or that's not what it's. That's not what we're playing here, Ryan. We're playing Angel Beats. It just so happens you're getting eight eights for free. You know, yeah, it's just a yeah. side effect of the deck. Can't argue. <laughs> uh, we're playing an Angel's Grace. Split second. If you would lose the game, you don't lose the game. You go to one instead. I like it. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we have a Teft's Protection. Everyone knows Teft's Protection. You, same thing. If you're gonna lose the game, you just like phase out all your shit and you don't die. You just don't lose the game instead. And you come back after with all your angels again and you beat ass. Because yeah. they tapped out to kill you. Now he, they have no blocks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we have five board wipes and a stair command, hour of revelation, route, winds of abandon, and wrath of God. Yeah. Do, do those... That's like your white card advantage if you weren't playing Morphone Free Angel Tribal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have one targeted removal spell. It's a good one. It sorts to plowshares. It is arguably good. I think it's good. It's fine. Uh, we have a true conviction. This card is a house in yeah. a deck like this. Who'd ever thunk that white, 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 three creatures you control don't get buff, don't get flying, don't get anything else? Whoever thought that this card was going to be good? Double strike and lifelink. It puts you out of range for crackback if you swing out with everything and have no blocks. And if they have no blocks because all your stuff flies, you're probably just going to win the game. Yeah. This is a card that's like, it's just, I don't know. Traditionally, this card doesn't strike me as as being as good as it is, but it is. <laughs> in, a, in a deck like this, it is. A, it has to be dealt with immediately or you're probably going to lose. Because everything you control has flying and everything has vigilance. And so everything they can double a, strike block you. And everything's a 5-5. Five, five. Or 4-4. Four, four. Or 4-4. Four, four. Like, everything is giant. Every creature's going to do 8 is the point. Yes. And a 16-point life swing every time anything attacks is pretty bad for your opponent. Every time anything attacks... <laughs> it's also going to get blocked, and it's yeah. like, no matter what happens, somebody's going. Every time anybody attacks you, yeah. or when you attack, but sixteen point life swing just for like swinging with my Sarah Angel. It's pretty good that I could make repeatedly off my Sarah Planeswalker or my Parhelion. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay, that's a win con. That's that's like your overrun effect in this deck, right? Th that's a good one. I like that lots. We have an authority of the consoles. Enchantment creatures come into play tap that you don't control, and whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, we gain a life. That's cool. That's kind of a marginal effect. I don't know if well, it it it, it only costs one, and most of this deck costs significantly more than one. Yeah. So it is something that'll kind of bog down the early game. It's a dead card when you draw it on turn eight, but if you have it in your opening hand, it's real good. Did we touch on? Um, we touched on mana rocks and stuff already, right? Yeah. Why not? Add more mana rocks. I don't know. I'm just... Maybe he just builds deck or prioritizes things differently than I do. Uh, we also have a dark steel mutation. That turns him in something into a bug. A, z a zero 1 or a 1-1. One one. 
A zero-one indestructible bug that loses all of its abilities, card types, and creature types. But it gains indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> they have an indestructible not-flying blocker that can't do shit about yes. your 10-10 double-strike lifelink vigilance creatures. Super cool card because they can't even destroy it themselves or block with it to kill it because it's indestructible. And you have creatures that make it so that they can't sacrifice it to get rid of it too. You have to exile it or... or You have to path your own guy. Yeah. Or oh. sacrifice it if, if that's available to you. Yes. Uh, we have a Smothering Tithe. Everybody knows Smothering Tithe. Yeah, it makes you mana. Very good in this deck. It also lets you play your off-white angels if you don't have Morphone. And you have a Land Tax. Which finds you more land. Yes. Does he play one of each basic just because? No, he doesn't. No, no he does not. He is all in on the mono white, and I, I like appreciate it. that. I like it. We have a Lightning Rod Ascension. Ooh. I, the, the section that this is in, it's, only, it's the only card in it. It's called Political Suicide. <laughs> So this is two mana enchantment. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if we didn't take or if we didn't lose life on their turn, we put a ascension counter on it. When it's got four or more ascension counters, you could pay two to put a four-four white flying angel with Vig onto the battlefield. This is why authority of the consoles is in there. You go turn one authority. Of the, say you go first. You go turn one authority of the consoles. All their shit comes into play tapped. Then you play Luminarch Ascension. It's going to make it way harder for them to hit you. And in like yeah. one turn, you're going to be pumping out four-four angels. Yeah, very much. And you know what? Luminarch on turn two almost all the time gets active before your turn four. You'll usually get one angel out of it and then somebody will kill Yeah, because somebody will, th that disenchant that they're going to be holding up for your Zendikar Resurgent or your Marari's Wake or something gets wasted on a, on a shitty two mana Luminarch Ascension because that's actually going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got some protection enchantments. We have an Angelic Renewal. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may sacrifice Angelic Renewal. If you do, return it to the battlefield. That's pretty good. Yeah, for two mana, it's kind of like a regenerate, but you get an extra ETB trigger off that because yeah. it dies and comes back. So if you like, if your if your Gisela died, she or whichever was the reanimate one, Bruna, the Fading Light. Yeah, if your Bruna dies you can like let her hit the graveyard and you sacrifice this and you get it back and you get something else back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Reconnaissance. Pay two, remove target attacking creature from the game. It's essentially Maze of Ith, but enchantment form for just white. And it's creatures you control. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an underrated card and it's becoming expensive. So if you see one for a good price, pick them up now. I, th I think that it's rated at this point. You think? Yeah, 100%. It's okay. rated and it is expensive. Cool card. Yeah. Uh, we have Shielded by Faith is the last one. This is Enchanted Creatures Indestructible for three mana. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can move Shielded by Faith to that creature. I like stuff like that. It's like prison term, but like instead of it wrecking your opponent's creatures, it makes one of yours really good. Oppo term. Yes. Yeah, sounds like a Terminator movie. Probably is the next one. Yeah. Yikes. So that's the deck, Lands of Note. No real way to produce colored mana other than white. The only colored source that he has oh. that isn't white is the Cavern of Souls. Because you name angels and you can add one of any color for angels. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Blast Zone to take care of little things or whatever, right? Um, Opal Palace can give you one of any color of your oh, commander's yeah. identity. And yeah, there we go, yeah. Path of Ancestry is the same. Is there a command tower? There is not a command tower. Oh, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he doesn't mess around, dude. There's a Hall of Heliod's generosity to get some of your enchantments back. Like, there's there's a couple of cool utility lands, but nothing uh, super-duper insane, I don't think. I want to go back to what we were talking about closer to the top of the episode. Communication. Sit down. Let everybody know what's up. Casual game. This deck feels very top endy very edhy for moving into strengths and weaknesses it's slow but it's great for players who don't have tuned decks people who are new to commander or new to magic in general and let's say they have like a, a fixed up a little bit pre-con let's sit down i'm playing morphone angel tribal it's going to it's it's going to look like all the flashy bells and whistles it's going to look like christmas town to a new commander player right yeah because angel tribal morphon oh this is exactly what i thought commander was going to be like if this was a commander precon people would buy it i think you're right like i think if this was like if somebody saw this on a shelf at their lgs or any other store and they looked at the deck list for it they'd be like i'm 
I'll totally buy that. Yeah. So it's great against new players. Great power level for the the middle to late game where you want all your commander experience to happen, right? Like if you're not playing competitive, the decisions that you make, sorry, if you're not playing CEDH competitive, the decisions that you make at the start of the game are to benefit you later on in the game. They're not your turn one, two plays in like EDH and M commander aren't necessarily going to be what decides the game for you like they are in like a hyper tuned competitive meta. So this is a great deck because you're playing your mana rocks and your land taxes to build up to your EDH plays. And it feels cool because every card you make during that mid to late game, all of them are cool. Cool cards include ones that you play, and everybody goes, oh, what's that do? And everybody, like, reads, and it's like, oh, man, this thing does so many things. Like Maelstrom Angel, right? Like, it's, yeah, you don't see it very often. So when you do, it's like, what is, wow, that's crazy, and you played it for free. You played it for free. I've got uh, I've got a little bit more of a CCO strength. Ooh. If we want to move into the, um, if we want to move into the Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. But before we do, different than the standard Morphone list. Absolutely it is. Usually when you see Morphone, you're thinking, what, Eldrazi or probably Slivers? Slivers because mostly they only have colored pips, right? I know a friend of the show, F.U. Max Crandell, has a Morphone humans list that he's working on. What a dirtbag. Yeah, right? And essentially, anybody that's playing Morphone is trying to capitalize on creatures that only have colored pips, no uh, no colorless pips. That's why they play the colored Eldrazi spells. Or they just want a Eldrazi commander because Morphone is an Eldrazi and he buffs all your other Eldrazi. Yeah. So this is different than that because it's angels and it's mono white. It's not five color. Yeah, which is effing cool. There's, and there's no backup plan. Like you could hyper, hypothetically just have a hand that doesn't do anything because you don't have Morphone. Yeah, that's right. M- more often than not, I think you just play your white producing lands and your kind of your white deck with your mana rocks and your land tax and you just kind of curve into angels i think that's how it works yeah but you could you could draw the ramp half of your deck and morphone on like turn four or five and then just free angel free angel free angel just start beating wholesale ass we haven't beat wholesale ass in a good long while and here we are see we're back to form back to form before we do spice calculator should we do card of the, of the week? week? What do you got this time? You like the deck? You picked it. What do you think? First of all, shout out to Morphon just because he's a new commander. He's got a bunch of decks built with him already, and he is actually boundless <laughs> because you can do anything with him, right? I think card of the week this week is going to be Angelic Renewal. Angelic Renewal. This is a Weatherlight special back in the day, 1996 or 7? 1997. There it is. It's uh, if any creature would be put into your grave, or if any creatures are put into your graveyard from from play, you can sack it and put one of those creatures back into play. That's old wording. If something dies, you can sack it to put the creature back into play. You know what? Looking at the oracle text, whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, why doesn't it just say die? Who knows? Huh. So it's a triggered ability, but you may. Yes. It's not like a sacrifice to activate it. It's a it's a triggered ability. You may do its thing. And if you want to play this cool card in any of your white decks or decks that include white, you can pick one up for the low, low cost of 25 cents. There is no foil multiplier because foils didn't exist back then. It's got a cool art on it. It's just a neat card. Yeah, cool. All all around good. I, I like that it costs two and it saves your thing. And in Enchantress decks where you might be able to get this back, you could theoretically be able to save a dying creature a bunch of times. Yeah, and then I'm sure if you had a Phyrexian altar, you could probably go infinite with it, and it would be super dirtbag and draw your whole deck. Yeah. Like, uh... You know what? This in a... The the double death trigger Tesa, this would trigger twice because it's a triggered ability. Oh, but you can only sacrifice it one time. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> That's okay. It's fine. It's still good. It's a cool card. Very much so. Let's hit that spice calculator, Ryan. So, spicy list because no tutors and... Different than the stock list on EDHREC.com, where Morophone is the seventh most popular commandy. He's right below Sliver Overlord and right above Niv-Mizzet Reborn. Yeah, so a deck that everybody hates playing against <laughs> and a deck that everybody hates playing against. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. 
843 lists as of now. Average converted mana cost, get this, 4.44. Ooh, oh. even, for, even for us, that's a little high, but we've already talked about how it cheats mana costs. I'm sure that this is probably lower when you actually look at it. Yeah, prioritize playing Morphone and then go ham. Yes. Cards different than the stock list on EDHREC.com. Oh, here we go. 51 cards different. There it is. Oh, man. <laughs> so you punch it all in. 71.4 spices. Boom. I we are like coming that. out of the gate with a fucking bang. Yeah, this is this is a this is a EDH and M club banger. <laughs> <laughs> this is the boom sauce of all boom sauces. That's it. So fun deck, good kickoff to the arc. I think that it really exemplifies inclusivity of EDH and M, whether it be our game night or anybody else's. And it doesn't need to be Friday. It can be any night of the week, everybody. That's why there's no F in EDH and M. There's no F in EDH and M unless it's F U. <laughs> unless it's us. Yeah. <laughs> Before we move to final thought of the day, quick reminder: playmats on sale. CommanderCooko.com/store. Get them while they're hot because they are now very limited quantity. We've sold a bunch to the patrons already, and once they're gone, they're gone until I have to, like, kiss ass with face-to-face games to get more. (laughs) (laughs) So get them while you can, because once they're gone, they're gone. Lists. CommanderCoco at gmail.com. If you have a list that is a very good list for including or teaching new players at EDH&M in your local game store. Like this one, something that you want to take that's fun, that just... Send them in. Or or a list that you might have a story about where it was your first EDH deck. Sure. Or your first like um, local game store deck, right? Where you you learn to play or maybe just like a little bit of a pet deck that everybody knows at your local game store because it is so fun. Yeah. Send them in. We'd like to get them. CommanderCookout at gmail.com. Make sure they're in a deck aggregation site like Tapped Out, Deck Stats, Architect, whatever. And don't let the fact that we have some already picked out discourage you. For our bonus episode this arc, we're going to do something a little different, and we're going to need lots of deck lists. So send them in to us, please. Please do. Patrons do have access to the preferred deck list channel on the CCO Discord. You can send them there. CCO Podcast on Twitter. CCO Brando on Twitter, if anything, a little bit more short form, right? Yep. And then, of course, any comments on any of the deck giveaway stuff. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, maybe I'll incorporate an FNM kind of challenge into the deck giveaway. We're going to find something fun to do with that. Yeah, we'll do something sweet. So keep an eye on our Facebook page for that and for any uh, like list posting posts there as well. we'll list have, posting posts. And we're going to send lots of lines out. So if you want to bite on one of them, uh, we would look forward to checking out that. Very much so. Final thought of the day. Day. Final thought of the day. I think we've made it pretty clear that we think that this deck is really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's one of ones that you would like to bump into. It's something that you would have a great time playing against or playing if it was one of those ones that got lent out because you maybe went to EDH&M and didn't have a deck to play. And that's the kind of thing that we like to foster when we talk about at least our local playgroup. I hope that you guys like to do that as well wherever you're playing. And you just want to keep it fun, keep it casual, keep it splashy, keep it as something that's going to give you a story to tell when you get home. And keep those communication lines open so that everybody knows that they're there to have fun and it's not just all about scumbagging for no prizes. Because, I mean, even if you play for prizes, they're not that good. It's all about the experience anyway. That's what we all come out for, and I think that that's really going to be exemplified with this deck and the next deck that we do on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Also, special thanks to face 2 facegamescom they're our official sponsor.